You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. It's time for LSU Alabama Week 1 versus 2. 2.30 Central on CBS this Saturday from Tuscaloosa and Bryant-Denny Stadium. The lead-up is going to be incredible now that this week is here. You can kind of feel it walking around Baton Rouge as we met with Ed Ogeron today. Talked uh, a little bit about this game, I would say. Got some breaking news as well to discuss with one of LSU's senior linebackers. And we're going to discuss all of that on the Go 24-7 podcast. But Shay, this is... uh, this is really kind of what our year is all about, having a game like this to, to cover and, and, and talk about all week. Oh, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun this week, the lead-up to it. Uh, we'll see, obviously, Tuesday night what the polls say if Ohio State um, you know, jumps in the mix and, and it's not a 1-2 matchup. But uh, either way, game of the century, part two, um, but sort of the opposite, uh, not a 9-6 to affair. We wouldn't guess uh, that it'll be more like 90-something to 96, but... Uh, I'm excited. It should be a fun week. We'll uh, we'll talk to Orgeron and Moore and the players, obviously, a, a couple of times. And uh, it seems like they're pretty excited about it as well. It, this, Like you said, this is what we cover it for. Both teams 8-0. Um, you know, you couldn't have scripted this any better. Yeah, some uh, not-so-good news to start off the week for LSU. And the rumor mill was going really strong on the open date. But LSU going to be without Michael Divinity for the rest of the season. It sounds like Ed Ogeron left the door open for him to return, but he has left the team for personal reasons. He's the top sack man in terms of statistics for LSU. This is a big loss heading into a game where they're going to need to get pressure on Tua Tungvaluwa. Yeah, I mean, this is Divinity is a kid who came back, um, you know, passed up a chance at the NFL draft to return for his senior season, and now it ends like this. Uh, or at least for the time being, as you said, Orgeron, when he was asked if Divinity could possibly come back at some point, he said he wasn't shutting the door on it, but uh, obviously won't play versus Alabama, uh, and that's kind of what the talking point will be right now. And um, he opened up a little bit, not much, on you know what other guys could uh, come into play, but uh, I think if there is a little bit of silver lining um, to a really tough situation, it's that Divinity was already clearly whatever it was, a violation of team rules. Uh, Orgeron hasn't specified, but uh, he's missed a handful of games sitting out, uh, played in the rest of them, started in, I think, three games, but uh, was probably had his best game of the year against Texas. I mean, that was his, he sat out week one, week two, he had a double-digit sack performance, or double-digit tackle performance, as you mentioned. I think he has four sacks, so that would be the most on the team. And uh, I think one thing, too, that wasn't talked about today, but the players talk about it a lot, is that, he is sort of the guy who directs a lot of the traffic and makes a lot of the calls for setting guys up and moving linemen over, um, you know, and, and obviously uh, passing kind of the, the call from uh, the sidelines to the rest of the linebackers and, and into the DB group. And Patrick Queens talked about how that might be the most important thing Divinity does. So uh, with him out, I think you'll see communication, you know, all week in practice be a huge thing they're focused on. But as I said, if there is a silver lining, it's that they've already worked on that because they've played a handful of games without him. Yeah, and for me, and Ed didn't really talk about it how I thought he might have, but we saw Justin Thomas leave the team as well uh, earlier, uh, in, early in the bye week, and now they lose Divinity, and that's kind of a hit to the pass rush 
in a way, I would say, for, for LSU. But I think this third down package will, will see some tweaks. Um, naturally, you've got Caleb on Chass on there. They've had Marcel Brooks emerging. For me, I think this is it's not a positive by any means. Somebody who is as, as veteran as, as Michael Divinity is and, and a difference maker when he is playing. But over the course of the season, Marcel Brooks has got a lot of experience. Ed Ogeron didn't mention him, but I tend to think in terms of difference makers that can flash in a game like this, Marcel's going to have a chance to, to do just that. No doubt. I think another thing, too, is if you're taking it one week at a time, and right now it's all about Bama, and you're facing a spread attack like that, and I'm not saying Divinity wouldn't have been playing. He would have been on the field plenty, but often we've seen them take that fourth linebacker off the field, uh, and it would be Chase on, you know, kind of as a stand-up edge rusher. We obviously have seen how big Phillips and, and Patrick Queen can be at middle linebacker, it was because of that sort of emergence from Queen that Divinity did this whole um, moving to middle, playing outside backer, kind of doing a jack-of-all-trades, which Queen's done a little bit of too. But uh, I guess my point would be to add to you, Marcel Brooks, you can start playing him more, especially, as you said, in pass rush situations when all you have to tell him is just get after the quarterback or get into the backfield. That's what he does the best. Uh, and then do they, and without Todd Harris, that maybe that's kind of a big deal and big news this week. They haven't had him for a while, but this is the type of week where you may want to play three safeties on the field. We've seen him play some other safeties beyond Jacoby Stevens and, and obviously Grant Delpit. But, uh, if you move Delpit or excuse me, Stevens down into the box, some, or play him in that outside linebacker role, uh, who do you put back at safety? We'll see. Cam Lewis has played some, some other guys, but uh, I think that will be one of the more interesting things now in the chess match that's going to be going on here is what are they going to do without divinity? And as Orgeron said, we're just going to rely on the guys that have sort of been around the whole time throughout this, you know, this season and, and last year. Yeah. It, 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 it's going to be interesting because Alabama has four receivers that are, that are incredible. And LSU has three that are incredible in their own right. So I ha- how do you keep somebody like Divinity on the field as much as they have in the past this season with the past being such a big threat this week with Tua Tagovailoa and those receivers with Judy and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and, and uh, uh, Ruggs? It, it's, it, I'm interested to see how Dave Aranda plays this because you could almost go dime the entire time, right. but then the way Bama can certainly run it out of the spread, kind of like LSU with Clyde edwards Zeller. It, it is just going to be – I think we're going to see a ton of points – I think this is just the latest kind of thing to confirm that. I mean, Bama's going to be without Forrestal, their tight end, so they're going to continue to go more four wide like they have. I, I think this places a bigger emphasis on Grant Delpit stepping up, making plays when he's able to, and Ed Ogeron gave some good news on Monday that he is going to be totally fine come Saturday, and that's big news, and, and it's been consistent with what he said. But And I asked Ed about this. I said, "Do you is this a game where you need your best players to be your best players? And he took a lot of the pressure off of the players, but I think this is a game where Delpa can really cement himself as one of the best to come through LSU in that secondary in a long time. Yeah, I think that it. we've seen, too, them using random, using Delpit more like they did a year ago where he's downhill, he's in the box, he's in the backfield. Uh, and I think this game will be really interesting in that regard because one thing Delpit said he struggled with early on was tackling. And I think this is a game where tackling is of the utmost importance. Um, I believe it might have been Charlie uh, Hanegriff was on radio uh, one day this week, and I believe it was on Monday, and was talking about uh, Alabama's passing attack. And he brought up an interesting stat that uh, I think two is averaging 11 point something yards per completion. So, you know, obviously that's a huge number. Well, 
60 something percent of his throws were of like seven to eight yards or less. So they're running these quick slants, getting the ball out and letting their receivers do the rest. And whether Delpit is matched up in coverage or at any point, or he's just, you know, kind of one of those first guys who's there uh, to make a play on these, you know, short kind of passing uh, route tree concepts, whether it's a slant or whatever it might be, your safeties are massive. You know, if they don't make a play, um, they're sort of the last line of defense often. So I think Delpit's huge for a number of reasons this week, obviously. Um, him being healthy will be key. It looks like he will be. Uh, but again, I think he's going to need to have one of his best games alongside Jacoby Stevens uh, if they're going to want to keep this Alabama receiver core in check because I think it is more than just you know Howard Stingley and Fulton and, and maybe just as big of a question Kerry Vincent and Cordell Flott going to do uh, but how are your safeties, both when they get on a guy or when they've got to make a tackle? And Jay Ward as well in the cornerback spot. And he's kind of overtaken Flot from what Ed Ogeron said uh, last week in the bye, too. And uh, he also said today that Dave Aranda hasn't shown much this year in a way. He kind of said, oh, we can come out there and do a bunch of different things. So I think that's something to watch for. This seems like a with, with a week of a bye uh, in place before the Alabama game, it's a game where Dave Aranda can't come out with a lot of new looks that maybe Alabama hasn't seen from LSU on tape so far this year. Yeah, that's something Patrick Queen talked a lot about in the bye week is that he felt like the Bama, when they opened up the Bama game plan, that it would be a lot of stuff that they haven't gone to yet and not that they've been hiding anything. He just said there's, I think Orgeron's quote was, we'd have to run, or the other offense would have to run 300 and something plays in a game if LSU wanted to ultimately show everything they had. So, It'll be, like I said, it'll be a chess match. I can, I almost get this feeling, are we going to hype this up to where both teams come out a little tight, both defenses are throwing a lot that the other hasn't seen, almost like Kevin Steele did in the first half of that Auburn game to LSU. LSU eventually buckles down and just runs the ball the whole time, which we wouldn't have expected. And are we setting up for, is this a 9-6 game? Is this going to be one of those things where uh, everyone is shocked that it's the defenses who step up and, and the offenses who... Uh, maybe aren't you know dropping their normal 50 points a game probably somewhere in the middle man i i hope it's not nine six with the way this thing has been built now for upwards of a month this and even when lsu burst back onto the scene with its offensive changes against texas as soon as that happened that was that was saying look this is going to be this like 95 point affair like you mentioned earlier right and orgeron talked about it um and, and we'll we talked about obviously del but we'll move on to Tua and, and tell everyone there was no real update on stingley today which means that he's fine, it's fine. Uh, i don't think there was anything to even worry about through the bye but uh, he'll play this weekend and um saban as no shock was tight-lipped about Tua and said uh coming off this tightrope surgery he did practice a couple days last week it was um you know nothing too intense obviously but uh, moving into this week of practice, he said that Tua and Mac Jones are going to split the reps. Uh, they're going to see how Tua goes, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, and then as you get to the back end of the week, you obviously are taking things a bit easier anyhow. Uh, and that he would remain a game time decision. So didn't really shift from what he had said previously that, um, you know, they wouldn't know anything for certain until Saturday. Because of that, they're going to have Mac Jones kind of mixed in here. But I think everybody feels that Tua will play. And um, speaking to your point about this game and what everybody wants to see is Orgeron said, look, it says a lot about the SEC and where offenses are going that uh, this game, the number one and number two teams are featuring Tua versus Joe Burrow. The, you know, Many people felt Tua was the Heisman front runner coming in. Joe Burrow is carrying the best odds at the moment. 
Um, and a lot of people feel like that the winner of this game may have the best path to win the Heisman, whether it's Tua or whether it's Joe Burrow. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, the, the reason I don't feel it's a 9-6 game is because one side has Tua and one side has Joe Burrow, and they've got the two, in my opinion, the two best receiving cores in the country, different receiving cores, but uh, obviously both extremely talented, very elite. Uh, and I don't think that anyone's going to hold either of those teams to you know under 10 points each. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one, let's be real, and we'll have plenty to talk about on that. We're going to touch a lot more on the quarterback battle and kind of what else Ed Ogeron said, the main point of emphasis that we took away from his press conference on Monday. We'll do that on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Billy Embody here with Shea Dixon talking a lot about LSU-Alabama, the top two teams in the country on the AP Top 25 poll. We will find out Tuesday night where they'll rank on the college football playoff rankings. Stay tuned to Go 24-7 and 24-7 Sports for full coverage of that Tuesday evening as the first reveal of the college football playoff rankings comes out. Shea, Ed Ogeron did his very, very best not to overhype this game. And I think over the last two years, when he's looked back at his comments saying, look, we're coming, at his comments last year saying, look, we've got to get better in the trenches, maybe there was a little bit of pressure put on this team for this game, and last year did not go well at all. This year, they're equipped to beat Alabama. That's a real thing that can happen on Saturday. But Ed was pretty clear. He doesn't want players putting anything more on themselves than they need to. And that's the approach I feel like, uh, you know, throughout each week. It's been one of those things where, um, in fact, Marty Smith was there with ESPN today and asked him, you know, Coach, you can block out the noise all you want, but it's one versus two. You know, what does this really mean? And Orgeron kind of candidly said, look, it means everything, right? It means who's number one. It means who's going to the play, you know, who has the best path to Atlanta and the SEC championship. It means who has the best path to the playoffs. It means – Everything that you could list, uh, and I'm, I could paraphrase the rest of it, but the winner of this game obviously has everything still in front of him. The loser may well have everything still in front of him also, but uh, this game carries more weight than any other. But then in the same realm, I guess it kind of, in a way, doesn't, because as Orgeron said, that's every week for them. If they lose to Mississippi State, they're out of it. If they lose to Vandy, they're out of it. If they lose to Auburn, they're out. You know, there's all these different scenarios where you take a loss and you're no longer in the driver's seat. Now, this game may be a bit different. You know, I think 
again, Orgeron was asked today, what happens if the loser of this game goes undefeated and the winner of this game goes undefeated? And, you know, both of them are sitting there at the end with only one of them having a loss and it be to the other one. Uh, would both get into the playoffs? And he said, I don't decide that. But yeah, I would. I don't see why they shouldn't. You know, these many people do feel that Bama and LSU are two of the best teams in the country. Uh, and if you're taking kind of the complete body of work into it, if there's another Pac-12 champion with one loss or whatever out there, uh, would you take them over, you know, an Alabama or LSU that loses this game, maybe in a tight one? But we'll see about that. But um, yeah, look, to circle back just to your point, block out the noise. Right, they've done it all year. They, I, I feel like they've done a really good job of it. It seems like they come out pretty even keeled each week. They could easily fall in love with themselves over their ranking. Finally, having an offense—not only finally having an offense, but you know, one that averages 50 points a game. The defense coming around, and uh, I don't sense that this team has any sort of overwhelming cockiness to them or anything. I think that they know every kid that's been on this team has never beaten Alabama, so they know what this game. The result can be if you're not focused and dialed in. And um, I'll say this, and it may not be true at all in the minds of players, but I feel like it kind of is from a mentality standpoint is everybody was upset the game's not at night because they want a primetime game. Well, then LSU fans are like, well, at least if it's during the day, you know, the crowd won't be as loud as, as they would be at night. I'm not sure if that's true, but I think it helps being in at 2.30 because that's five, six extra hours less that you sit around just thinking about it. And you're in your head about, all right, let's go. We've got to win. You know, all these different things that happen with when you play sports on a game day in a game like this where everybody's watching and you've got to wake up at, you know, 7 a.m. for wake up call and eat breakfast and then wait 13 hours to take the field. Uh, that won't be the case this weekend. They'll be out of the team hotel before lunch. They'll be on the field warming up around 1230 and, and then obviously be kicking off at 230. So uh, I think from just that perspective, and it could be both teams, it helps because you are already had to wait two weeks to play again. Both of them are always on by the week before. Now at least you don't have to wait till seven something at night to see them kick off. Shay, that's kind of how our day is going to go on Saturday. We're just going to get up and, and roll on over to Tuscaloosa from Birmingham and, and get in there for that one. It's going to be a hell of an atmosphere. Joe Burrow, Tua Tungabailoa. This quarterback duel is something that we haven't seen in this series, I, I mean, really ever. I mean, even like, I mean, you go back to when Jamarcus was at LSU. I mean, it doesn't really compare, really. I mean, it doesn't. And this is where you kind of cement your own legend and, and – I asked Ed, and I mentioned it earlier, that I said, do you need your best players to be their best? Well, he was very honest and, and kind of shot that down, quite frankly, that we just want to play our game. But I think Joe Burrow, especially the way things went last year, is going to have not extra motivation, but he wants to go out and win this one. I mean, obviously, this, this game means everything to how he's going to be remembered at LSU. Yeah, and I think he knows that. Burrow's the type of guy who it seems he often plays his best when he's being counted out. Like it was uh, last year we would see him. Uh, the Georgia game, they had no shot, right? LSU fans were selling their tickets to all the Georgia Florida fans. And, game. and he yes. came out and had a monster year. UCF, he gets his clock cleaned and throws a pick six, and they're down, and they were supposed to win the game. And uh, all of a sudden UCF is up double digits on him, and they storm back, and he, you know he crushes the rest of the game. And as you just kind of talked about, I mean, the Florida game uh, a year ago, he throws a pick six at the end, two picks at the end, uh, and they lose. He comes back this year and really put the team on his back in a major way uh, in that game, went to Texas, put the team on his back, 
uh, in a game that a lot of people said, and I don't know if Ed Orgeron can beat Herman. I don't know if LSU can knock off Texas. And, and now clearly uh, the two teams have separated themselves uh, by a good margin. And, and a lot of that's because of Burrow. And Orgeron said it again today. I do think that he's one of the bigger gamers. And the Auburn game, I think, was good for him because it got him kind of out of a rhythm in a way because he wasn't just sitting back there clean, throwing it around. He was facing off against beasts like Derrick Brown and them that were after his head all game. But he moved with his legs. He made throws on the run. He had some really timely plays. He got cleaned on a play out of bounds and ends up then turning in like, I think it was like 9 of 10 for 180 yards and two touchdowns on his next, you know, whatever, 10 passes it was. So uh, I think he plays his best when people are kind of counting him out. And in this game, he'll be viewed as the underdog, the the second guy to Tua. Tua is going to have all the focus on him with his ankle and obviously the the accolades that have come with how well he's played and, you know, from the national championship a couple of years back to now. Uh, and I think, as you said, Burrow knows – I don't even think he's caring about the Heisman more than this is my moment to show everyone that I do belong on the biggest of stages. Uh, and if you can get this win, uh, you'll be remembered by LSU fans for a long time. That's no doubt. And if they win this game, let's be real. I mean, he's winning the Heisman Trophy no matter what he does over the next three games. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're going to lose to Ole Miss or A&M or Arkansas. I mean, those are A&M's played a little bit better as the season's gone on, but Two of those teams, Arkansas, what, have they even won a game? Uh, not SEC. They haven't, I know won, a, they they haven't won a Power 5 game right. or an FBS game in, under, under Morris. They still haven't won an SEC game under, under Morris and uh, Ole Miss. What, going into this weekend, they only have three wins. Um, two, the two SEC wins are Vandy and Missouri. So I'm with you. If Joe Burrow and LSU win this game, they'd have to really fall apart in those final three games for him not to win the Heisman. and. It's weird to even think about that he could be one game from that, but that's kind of where we're sitting. Who goes to New York? If between us, do we? Do we go? Oh, there? I thought you both, right? Yeah, yeah, I think we both get sent. Okay, if that's I like the that. case. That'll be right? Good. Yeah, we'll go in the Big Apple for you guys. We'll we'll, we'll take that bullet. I think that's enough from us uh, on this one, uh, but we'll certainly be talking a lot more about it as the week goes on. A lot to come on the Go Twenty Four Seven podcast this week. We're gonna have Hank South on from. Bama Online, and we're going to chop it up on the recruiting front. We're going to talk a little bit more about this game for sure as Ed Ogeron and the players meet with us throughout the week. We'll get some national perspective on it and plenty more to come on Go 24-7 uh, for this one. Um, and, and just a quick reminder, guys, you guys can now get CBS All Access, which is 10,000 shows, on-demand, live streaming, all those things. You can watch LSU Bama, all that kind of stuff. Yep, included with your 24-7 sports subscription. It's a $99 value. You get it included. You could try Go 24-7 free for the next seven days, see how you like our coverage for this big one, and then decide if you want to keep it. But during that seven ga- uh, seven days, seven days, you get CBS All Actives. So, Shay, all your Survivor uh, that that's you right. can watch, you know, you can do all of that. It is every Survivor episode that's ever come on is in their library right now, which was my... I had already bought CBS All Access for that, so I had the pleasure of canceling it because I am a member of the site, so I got now uh, All Access to it. Yeah, well, good. Glad you're a member of the site, Shay, and uh, we'll keep you guys up to date on everything LSU Alabama. Did want to share that perk with you guys before we sign off. Have a great rest of the week as we continue to follow the lead up to LSU Alabama 230 Central on Saturday. It cannot get here soon enough. Have a good one, folks.